Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, it's our regular monthly question and answers session. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Welcome once again to my weekly podcast, and my thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really appreciate your support. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers, and in return, you gain access to additional content and support from me. These start from as little as $1 per month, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started and I'll do all I can to help you out with suggestions and recommendations for you. As usual, I'll leave any relevant links for this week's podcast in the show notes. So this week I'm answering questions submitted by supporters on my Patreon page. If you're not yet a patron but would like to submit a question, simply pop over to my website and leave me a message via my contact page with the heading Podcast Questions. So have you ever had one of those weeks, you know the ones things just seem to become a challenge right from the very start? Well, that's how this past week has turned out for me, not only from a beekeeping perspective but elsewhere too. The Ford pickup that I have developed yet another air conditioning fault. It happened to be during the hottest part of this summer, it seems. Why do they do that? It just seems that um, every time we get some really hot weather, my air conditioning develops a fault. But I guess it's just one of those things. And now my trusty mobile phone has packed up. It's an old Samsung Galaxy S4, which I think I've had for about five years And it's been with me through an awful lot of beekeeping as I keep all of my voice recorded um, records for each inspection on it and then transfer them to my iPad. I even managed to drop it into my wash bucket a couple of years ago and thought that that would be the end of it. But uh, I pulled it apart and left it on the dashboard to dry out in the sun and it worked fine. So I guess I really shouldn't complain too much. I guess I'm like a lot of beekeepers out there. I try not to spend too much on these things, preferring to save my cash for the beekeeping trade shows. Of course, there's always more kit that you want to buy with beekeeping. Anyway, things haven't gone so well this week in a couple of apiaries either. I've been trying to get a colony to move up into a second box in the Langstroth apiary, the sponsored apiary with the equipment from Happy Valley Honey. Those are the honey pour poly hives that Paul at Happy Valley Honey sent over to me to try out. And I'm producing weekly videos to show how I get on with them. If you're interested in the honey pour range, then do check out Paul's website. And I'll leave the address in the show notes as normal. Anyway, this particular colony just wouldn't shift up into the second box. And it was getting really frustrating. As we are fast approaching the end of the nectar flow here. And I wanted them to draw all of the frames so I could split them into two hives. This is a question I get asked on a fairly regular basis. How can I get the bees to move up into the super or second brood box? 
I think the answer, firstly, is that you need plenty of bees. If you've got a brood box that's really packed with bees, they will generally tend to move up if they need the room. Uh, They seem to be stubborn sometimes in not moving through the queen excluder and up into the box above. But if you have plenty of bees, generally I think that they will move through the queen excluder fairly freely. That said, if they're being stubborn, I'm not sure that bees can be stubborn, but anyway, if they're being stubborn, uh, if you remove the queen excluder for a few days, that will normally get things moving. Just remember to make sure the queen goes back down into the bottom box before you replace the queen excluder, or you'll end up with a super full of brood. I remember doing just that a few years ago, actually, and got it all horribly wrong. The bigger problem was that I'd just switched over to using some drone foundation in the supers, so I had a full super of drone brood. Great if you're queen rearing and you need an excess of drones, but not so good if you want a box full of honey. In the end, we used it as a mechanical varroa trap and uh, got rid of them all. Anyway, back to the honey poor Langstroth hive. The answer on the day was I got quite frustrated and decided to just checkerboard the entire hive. It started out okay, but the bees got progressively more upset with me, and by the end it was all a little bit of a rush, especially as I was filming it for another YouTube video. Multiple stings later it was all done, and we wait to see this week if it's worked out okay. I will post another video to show you how that one has turned out as well. I did have a question regarding checkerboarding and what it was all about. As with most beekeeping procedures, it's been around for a good many years. The process involves removing half of the existing brood frames and inserting a new frame of foundation between each of the old frames, so you get one frame drawn and one frame of foundation. One frame of drawn comb and one frame of foundation. If you keep doing this across the entire bottom box until it's filled... You can then put the second box on top of that. Going back to the first box, if the first frame in that bottom box is an older drawn frame, then you put a frame of foundation directly above it in the top box before continuing to add the frames alternating between drawn frames and foundation until the top box is filled full of frames again. If you picture the two boxes from the side, you'll see that it's a checkerboard type effect, hence the name. Check out the video in the Happy Valley Honey sponsored videos to see the bees get gradually more and more unfriendly and me getting more and more stung. The other apiary to play up last week was my hillside allotment apiary. I was there for a routine weekly inspection and the bees just went very grumpy on me. Every single hive I inspected decided for whatever reason that they didn't want me there and boy did they let me know at every opportunity. I think maybe it was a change in the weather conditions or maybe their nectar flow had slowed or stopped or whatever the reason, every single hive misbehaved. I was back there yesterday and it's back to normal. It's fascinating how these colonies' temperaments can change so quickly and fortunately they are now calm again. Finally, to cap it all in this bad week, England just got knocked out of the Football World Cup. Looks like I'll have to switch back to watching the Tour de France. Something else I like to do when I have time is to get out on my road bike and cycle a bit. Anyway, enough about that. Let's get back to the beekeeping questions. Ian Haslam asks, is it too late to have a go at queen rearing as she would be on a mating flight in August? So it's the second week in July as I speak and I would say it's absolutely not too late. I'm still queen rearing and there are lots of drones still in the colonies for mating. 
I've had new queens appear in colonies in October before now, and they've gone on to overwinter and become very nice colonies. So no, it's not too late. Give it a go and let me know how you get on. David Rice posted the following question. I'd be interested to hear what effect this hot weather has had on your hives. Mine seems to have slowed right down in terms of brood, but going well with nectar gathering, which is worrying me for winter build-up. Well, hi, David, and thanks for that question. One of the benefits of having a number of colonies is that you get to see how all of the colonies react and you can compare them to each other, especially in this uh, hot weather that we're having. The heat wave here in the UK seems to be continuing with no real signs of it ending. Lots of hot, dry days undoubtedly have an effect on our bees, but I think a lot depends on the location of the bees. I've got several apiaries near rivers or lakes, and so the bees have access to water, and also, more importantly, the plants they're foraging on also have access to that water and can produce plenty of nectar and pollen. Plants such as brambles and rose bay willow herb, for instance, are thriving at a couple of my apiaries, and the bees are doing really well on it. As a result, I'm giving them plenty of space to store the nectar. And I think that's possibly one of the areas you maybe need to look at. Have you got enough space in your super for the bees to store that honey rather than crowding it into the brood box? At another apiary, things are totally different. No water for miles. And here the bees usually get quite a nice crop off the clover in the paddocks that are around them. But this year it's been bone dry and the clover just doesn't seem to want to produce anything at the moment. If the colony has a good nectar flow, the queen will normally continue to lay while there's food for her young larvae. Where you could be facing a problem is a strong nectar flow can clog up the available space in the brood nest area. As the bees search for somewhere to store the nectar and pollen they're gathering, they simply dump it into the brood nest. You didn't mention if you have supers on your hive and what space generally the bees have, so... I would suggest maybe adding a drawn super if space is at a premium and see if they clear the brood area up into the super. Something I have noticed is that the brood boxes are being filled really well with the summer nectar flow in what appears to be a preference, if bees have preferences, over storing it up in the supers. This goes back to trying to get bees to go up into the super and them apparently refusing. I've got a couple of colonies like this. I guess the bonus is that they'll have plenty of stores to go into the winter with. Fran Barham has asked if anyone has had any experience of bearding outside the entrance to their hives. Interestingly, Fran, this year not one of my colonies has bearded on the front of the hive, if that's the right expression, despite having these record temperatures. Perhaps it's the open mesh floors I'm using that help, but not one has felt the need to do this. Those of you who don't know what bearding is, it's when a large proportion of the colony moves out of the hive and hangs on the front of the hive in a large clump or beard to allow the internal temperature of the hive to be better controlled. We've just had a couple of cooler days, so hopefully the bees have everything under control for you now, Fran. One final point. Congratulations, Fran, on extracting your first honey crop. Regardless of how much you get, that first honey crop you're able to take is always so exciting and the honey tastes like the best in the world. I remember the very first honey crop I ever took, extracting it in a tiny extractor on a worktop in my kitchen. It's always exciting, so if you're just getting your first honey crop wherever you are, congratulations and enjoy every last drop. Another question from Ian Haslam. Hi Stuart, when you move hives to out apiaries, what is your timing? 
for a 20 minute trip in a van, would you use mesh or leave the roof on? Would you have an evening prep for a morning delivery? And would you remove supers to reduce weight? You get the idea, Ian. Hi, Ian. Thanks for the question. Uh, So moving beehives can be quite nerve wracking to start with. And I would make sure you have it all planned out and prepared well in advance. Make sure that the new site is prepared and ready to go. Unless it's an emergency move, I would time it to coincide with the hive being at its lightest possible weight. So remove and extract supers where possible, remembering to put the supers back on the same hive after extraction. I have in the past cleared hives down into empty supers and moved them, and then replaced the wet supers after extraction after the move. Just try to get the colony as light as possible without crowding them down into a single brood box too much. They do need the room to be able to breathe, remember. So here's what I would do. On the day of the move, get the colony ready by removing supers, etc. and make it as light and compact as possible without overcrowding. Add a travel screen to the top of the hive and strap it all down. Replace the roof. Even for short distances, moving bees in the summer can get very warm, so always use a travel screen to keep both them and you comfortable. You can then spray some water onto the screen to help them keep cool and also give them some water to drink. When you go back in the evening of the move, remember to block up the entrance. I use foam strips pushed into the entrance with the hive tool. It's simple and quick to use, and as long as you push them in far enough, it's not going to fall out. I like to move my bees late at night, especially in the summer. Somehow it feels easy to move them at 10 o'clock rather than getting up at 3am to move them. Also, get some help to lift the hives. Don't struggle on your own. I know only too well what a bad back can mean, so always be cautious. Remember to wear a bee suit just in case something goes wrong and you need to deal with some bees. When you're moving the hive, remember to take the roof and the hive stand with you. Again, I'm speaking from personal experience here. It's really annoying when you get to where you need to be and suddenly realise you've missed something. Also have a torch and mind your step on uneven ground. Remember to let the landowner know that you're moving the bees late at night. You don't want someone calling the police thinking that you're up to no good. Finally, Remember to open the entrance of the hive before you walk away from them. You don't want to go back a few days later, only to find you've kept them locked up all the time. Well, good luck with that move, Ian. I'm sure it'll all work out fine. Just take your time and double-check everything. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast, and keep the comments coming. I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. (laughs) 